All right, guys. Welcome to episode four of the Behind the Badge podcast. Uh, today, I was going to be doing an episode about dispatchers biggest pet peeves that law enforcement officers do or say on the radio that really annoys them but my friend in dispatch a couple counties over has not gotten back with me yet on a decent list of uh, their pet peeves that at least their officers do So tonight I'm going to kind of go through the stresses of security itself. And again, I really do apologize for the poor quality audio. I don't exactly have a whole lot to work with. But what you guys will notice with security a lot of is most of the time it's really young guys like myself, 18, 19, 20 years old. Or people who are in semi-retirement, 50, 60 years old. You know, it's really just a starter job. Something to get by until something better comes along. Or it's something to help you get along and supplement your retirement money. You know, it's not really a career, to be honest. Some people do make it a career, and that's fine. If that's what they love to do, then... So be it. Go ahead and be a security officer all your life. But me personally, I know I didn't wake up as a little kid saying, you know what I really want to be when I grow up? I want to be a security guard. I took this opportunity because it's a great way to get into the door for law enforcement. One of the biggest stresses of being a security guard, especially at my site, and especially if you're a young guy like myself, you're in charge of the security of a few million up to a few billion dollars worth of equipment and all this other stuff on your site, but you can't do anything. I I can sit here and I can watch somebody take off with four or five thousand dollars worth of copper and I can't go up to them and stop them or anything. All I can do is sit there, get as good as a description as I can get for law enforcement and call the police. I mean, there's nothing I can really do. And then after that, go and do my report beyond that there's nothing I can do besides just drive around and as my company likes to put it be a security presence now I'm sorry but as security we're watched more than we watch our sites So, they're going to know about when you're going to be gone, about how long it takes you to get from one area to another, and they're just going to take care of their business when you're nowhere near where they're at. You know, 
another stress is you guys may not think that security is a lot of paperwork but I do on average seven or eight pieces of paperwork a night and I know that doesn't sound like a lot but the stuff that we have to put in that paperwork is a lot of information I know one of the newer officers on my site that I helped train actually carries around a field notebook like myself to kind of help jot down notes on everything which really helps and that's about the best we can do to even help ourselves out with our paperwork is bring a field notebook along with us and just take notes that we will understand later on like when we're doing our incident report if something goes wrong and that'll be it uh, another really big stressor is when you're expected to know everything as soon as you start at a new site like the site that I work right now is my fourth site yeah no fifth site fifth site sorry that I've ever worked at and it's the only site that my company considers me an expert at I know my way around the other sites that I've worked at quite well but I'm not an expert at those sites because you know I've worked at a candy factory a dog food plant a bank and an office building but I'm not considered an expert in any of those sites and all those sites themselves have their own set of stresses you know, for a security officer, armed or unarmed. I know for the candy factory, the biggest stress was when you're still fairly new at the site and are still trying to figure out how everything works. And just when you think that you have it pretty well down and that you can handle your own, something new never fails to come along especially on the weekend shift like I know I got so used to getting reefers in on the weekends and everything and you know it's the same thing every weekend just send them back where they need to go they know the drill they come back out they scale out and they leave And my first weekend truly alone on a 12-hour shift, I think it was like two or three hours into my shift, I got a tank, a tanker with chocolate liqueur on it, which is basically what they make chocolate out of. And that's something that I didn't even run into in my week and a half of training at that site. 
So I have to talk to the client, which had lower staff since it's the weekend. Nobody there knew how to do it. Couldn't get a hold of the site supervisor, so I had to call the assistant site supervisor. And thankfully, he was able to step me through it without too many problems. But that's another big stress for all sites is you can't really train for everything because a lot of times you don't get a whole lot of training. At one site, the chocolate factory, I had a week and a half, two weeks of training. At the dog food plant, I had like a day of training before I got moved to a different site. And at the office building in the bank, I didn't have any training at all. It was just getting thrown in there and you pretty well figure it out yourself. And the bank, it had its own stress because, well, obviously there's always the threat of a robbery, but at the time, it was a heightened threat because somebody had actually threatened to come in and cause heavy bodily harm to the employees of this particular bank. And so that put a lot of stress on me to try to keep an eye out for a particular individual on a busy day. And obviously I'm an unarmed officer, so there's not really much I can do. The office building was one of those where we actually had three officers on site that were dealing with people and there was a road that a lot of people had to cross to get from their parking lot over to the office building. There would be two officers stationed there to walk them, one to walk them from the parking lot to the road and another to walk them from the road to the doors of the office building. But the problem with that is, if anything happens while they're crossing the road, if somebody decides to mug them, because you don't always have to walk people to and from. A lot of people don't like that, so you sit there and you make sure that they get there safely. But if something happens, you can't do anything. Besides, get a description which way they went. And call law enforcement. Uh, the dog food plant. I can't really say the stress is there. Because I really don't know. I was only there for a day. And. You know. I know at my site. A big stressor for me is. I'm crossing railroad tracks. All night. And. I'm kind of out of the loop when it comes to train movements on site. So there's always the risk that when I drive by a train that it could start moving unexpectedly. And in the company vehicle, 
that's not exactly something I want because I mean obviously if you look at it as a multiple ton train versus a little one and a half two and a half ton SUV it's pretty obvious who's gonna win that little battle and I'll tell you guys this it's not gonna be the SUV and it's not gonna be pretty and I know that my boss or my boss's boss actually has already said that if anybody with my branch of my company damages any of the company vehicles, we lose our jobs. And I can't afford to lose my job because it's obviously what gives me money. But it's just a whole list of stresses, especially when people want to get irate when you have to enforce policy like I can't let a trucker onto my site without a high visibility vest, a hard hat, and steel toe boots. I just can't. That's what the client wants. It's what they require. And people like to get irate when you can't let them on site without those because and I understand this but they have a job to do. They have deliveries to make. They have deadlines to make. Truck driving is its own stressful job. I get it. But at the same time, I have standards that I have to uphold. Not only for my company, but for the client that I work for. Because security officers, sadly, we don't get to make the... Uh, protocol, the criteria, or any of that, we don't get to make those calls. We are giving, given these standards and requirements by our client sites, and we're expected to uphold them. And, you know, there's nothing we can really do, especially if we either want to stay at that site or if we want to keep our job. There's nothing we can really do about it because we have to maintain that standard that the client has set. But people don't understand that because all they see is this person with a badge telling them what they can and can't do. A lot of people know that the badge doesn't carry so any authority really. So they want to get irate thinking that we're just being an asshole. Now, I will tell you this, I'm probably one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. But if push comes to shove, I will be an asshole. I will tell you that you either need to get the required gear that I just told you about if you don't have it. Or you need to back off my site, call your supervisor, your dispatcher, whoever and talk to them and have them talk to my client. Not security, my client. They need to call the client themselves. 
because that's something that they put in place for safety of whoever's on their site. That's them. I'm just here to make sure that I have a list of everybody that's on site that's not the workers. Because an emergency happens, there has to be an evacuation. I need to know who all's on site to make sure that if they needed to be evacuated or they needed to be moved to a storm shelter, I need to know that they got there. And that we don't have some random person just running around, not knowing what the hell to do. But, you know, circling back to the badge has no authority, that's another big stressor for a lot of the security officers that I talk to, especially, because I usually talk to exactly like these are obviously, that's the word I was looking for, sorry. Obviously, I speak to the officers on my site, but I also talk to officers within my company and officers that are outside of my company that I may run into on a daily basis or on one of the Facebook pages I'm on. A lot of people know that we have no authority to do anything. And that stresses us out because obviously a lot of us are in this field to help people. We can't help people if we can't do anything. That's really what it comes down to is we're here to help, but we can't do anything to help without risking our jobs. And this is what feeds our families most of the time. And we really can't afford to lose a job. Well, I think that's where I will end it this week. But... I will hopefully have the Dispatcher episode up next week. Uh, if not, I'll just have to do an ad-lib episode like tonight. Try to figure something out for you guys. But have a safe night, day, whatever. Just be safe and I will see you guys next week.